It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Happy, happy Monday. Welcome into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here. Talking sports for the next two hours. Looking back over the weekend and ahead to what's to come. Plenty of time to uh, take your phone calls as well in today's program. Hope everybody had a very good weekend. I am pumped. It is almost springtime. The weather is perfect. I know people are going to hate me for saying this next part, but the time changes this weekend. I can finally go outside after I get off work. I'm okay with the time change. Just pick one. Yeah. Right? I don't care which one you pick. Just yeah. pick one and let's stick with it. Yeah. I just, just like the DH. Have it or don't have it. Right. Don't do both. I like having I like having light, you know, till 8, well, 9 o'clock in the summer, but yeah, till well, 7, 30, 8 o'clock. And yeah, let's go with let's it. Go with that. Yep. Don't change it. Besides, we only fall back for like uh, not very long, right? Right. And, you know, the reason they did that, I mean, they, they did it for, you know, for the economy. We don't need it anymore. That doesn't, right. that never made sense to me, though. Well, they needed more daylight to get out and work the farms and do all that kind of stuff. But the but it doesn't. Okay. No, I know, I know. It doesn't affect the amount. The I mean, if it's you're working on a farm, just it, it, the sun's up as long as the sun's up. Get it up doesn't early. matter what our damn right. clock says. Exactly. <laughs> it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. It's the dumbest look, thing. Look now, we got to have the time zones. You can't have everybody on the same time. I don't know, man. If it but was this, is dumb. No, I don't know. It could be nine thirty everywhere across the U.S. right now. I'd be good with that. It could, but then some schools, <laughs> no, some I, no, kids I'm in L.A. Kidding. would be going to school at 4 o'clock in the morning in the dark. So, That's an L.A. problem. Why do well, I care? Yeah, we don't live in L.A. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I like the summer time zone. I do. I mean, the summer, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. But I just pick it and stick with it. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be nicer in the fall to have that extra hour of daytime? In the yes. Fall? I, I think so, too. I, 100%. A hundred percent. So, uh, anyway, so there's your old man rant to start off the week. Um, we'll start with the combine. Uh, I, you know, I, I want to talk about Bryce Young because we were talking about on Thursday and Friday, Daniel, his measurables. And the thing about Bryce Young is he measured in over five ten, which that's like you got to that that's a hurdle you have to clear, right? But when he went to weigh in, uh, the frame is what concerns a lot of people, and people were thinking he was going to weigh in 185, 188, and he weighed in at 205, which is 10 pounds heavier than he was listed at Alabama. Right. But if you're a GM and you know, like, it's like the wrestling thing, not like real wrestling, amateur wrestling, like the guys that lose weight or gain weight for a weight class, you know he's going to go right back down. I wonder how much that that could affect his stock in this draft. Well, Matt and I were talking about it, and he was, Matt was like, boy, he best, must have ate a heavy breakfast or something. He ate a lot. <laughs> The last two days to get up to two what was it two o four? Yeah, I mean, is he going to be at two o four? If he's going to play at two o four, okay. I mean, we can live with that. But also, is that going to take away from what he what he is? We don't know. He's never played it that way. Yeah. So we have to find out. You know, is because what is his what's his number one skill? Escapability, right? Or at least that's one of his main skills. Yeah. I mean, he's got a big arm. Yeah, I was going to say, probably arm strength. He's got a big yeah. enough arm. He can he can read defenses. But he can get he can get free in the pocket. Can he still do that at 204? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he can. I, look, I don't think a quarterback can live in the NFL at 185. I just don't. 
I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to work because you're going to get just blown up in the NFL. Um, you know, I, so I, I just, I think that's, I mean, even, well, Lamar Jackson's also 6'2". Lamar Jackson's 230 pounds. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, I don't think Kyler Murray is a, is a great NFL player, but I mean, he's not, he's, what is he? He's probably two. He's about 205, 210. You think so? Yeah. Uh, let's see what he is. 207. Yeah, so right in the middle. Uh, you can't live at 185 in the that's NFL. Tough. And see, and that's why I wonder about his durability is because of that frame. But again, I just, I, when he weighed in at 205, it's it's almost like that uh, kind of takes care of it. And, and you know, he, and he didn't throw at the combine, which he didn't need to throw. You know, when you're projected that high, there's no reason for you to 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 work out and, and kind of and do all the drills and stuff like that. Uh, so so I get that part of it. The other part of his game that I wonder about is Alabama. He took such deep drops. You know, are you going to be able to do that in the National Football League, especially if the Bears take Will Anderson or or Jalen Carter with that first pick, and um, you know, you then you end up in Houston, <laughs> excuse me, Houston behind a pretty bad offensive line. So that that was one aspect of it. You know, the the quarterbacks that did throw, I mean, you could see, um, I mean, when Anthony Richardson worked out and threw, I mean, he measured at 6'4", 244. We know he's athletic and mobile. We saw the big arm. They're just, they're just absolutely going to fall in love with that. And I wonder if Anthony Richardson, with his performance this weekend, jumped to number two oh, in the line. Well, there's, I mean, now there's like, he's number two on the odds to be the number one pick. Wow. And... We know somebody's going to do it. Hey, look, I, we, I don't know how many times we've talked about this. What you did in college has nothing to do with what you're going to be in the NFL. But, boy, that's a big risk taking him number one. I, I, I mean, it, it, it would scare the heck out of me. And, again, from a scout's standpoint, I get it. The guy's huge. He can run like the wind. He's Josh Allen. He's Cam Newton. I mean, that's the ceiling. That's the potential. Right. You know, he's he's got that sort of ability, if you will, or, or potential to be that type of player. It doesn't make you that type of player. Like, you can't you, – Bryce Young cannot stretch himself out to 6'4", 244. Right. Exactly. If Bryce Young was 6'4", 244, he'd be the, the, the best quarterback prospect probably since um, – uh, it's, it's well, since Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence yeah. yeah, right. Um, so they he would be like all this talk about the Bears trading that pick. They wouldn't trade it if it was for him. No, they'd probably move they'd on from Josh. Yeah, they trade Fields. For yeah, they they trade Fields. So that's that's what that is at the combine. And again, I know it's a college heavy audience, and 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 we're all going to scratch our heads and go. But I saw him play at Florida. Well, they. they that's not what they're going off of. They're going off of potential. And these NFL coaches feel like uh, they, they can fix all of that. So a, a big, big day for Richardson. Um, I mean, I think there's a coin flip chance that he's the number one pick now. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I think you're right. Um, as far as guys that didn't really help themselves, Keyshawn Booty, the receiver out of LSU, um, you know, he had some inconsistency in his time in Baton Rouge. Uh, and then the way he tested, he he fell way short of expectations. So he's probably going to drop a little bit. Um, and then you know the the names that that kind of fly under the radar. Uh, this is a young man I had a chance to see play up close and personal. 
uh, Zach Kuntz, the tight end from Old Dominion, six uh, seven two fifty five. He ran a four five five in the forty, so he's going to go flying up a lot of uh, boards. He had the highest vertical and broad jump, uh, and the quickest three cone at on the receiver list at six point eight seven. So a guy again, they're going to say small school, blah blah blah. You show up at six seven two fifty five, running a four five, and you've got the fastest cone drill. They right. don't they don't care they, where you play. They school. don't care where you play football. Yeah. Hey, look, the thing about Richardson is is somebody thinks because of his frame. And because of those skills, hey, we can fix him. And same thing with him, with the tight end there. It doesn't matter where he played. Look at that. Look at that frame. Look at those skills. We can work with that. It's like clay. They're molding clay. Mm-hmm. Other players, if you don't have that, doesn't mean you can't be a good player. Sure. But they see size and they see length and they see speed and they and they and they start drooling um, and and they get really excited. Uh, about that and and that's okay it doesn't always work but it doesn't always work the other way either yeah you know so um it's a there's a lot there uh you know darnell washington put on the show Mm -hmm. i mean you know i think we knew that was coming right and i think he's going to be a first round pick i do too i was secretly kind of hoping maybe he didn't put on a show and was there in the second round so the falcons could get him (laughs) but i think we all knew better and uh, no surprise there. And of course, and we we talked about this last week when the when the um, defensive guys went first on Thursday. Nolan Smith just, I mean, I don't know if you can win the combine, <laughs> but it, but if you can win a combine, he won the combine. Well, didn't we? I mean, we expected that, right? Sure. I mean, because that's what he was coming out of high school. Yeah. He was the number one player in the country. He was everything. Right. And he had a good career, at Georgia. He had a great career, at right. Georgia. Well, that's the other thing too. Like he, he's like he, he's. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a loose comparison, but much like Anthony Richardson, if you go look at Nolan Smith's numbers in in college, you're not going to be blown away. But he wasn't asked to do no, that at UGA. He's going to be asked to get after the quarterback in the NFL, right. and he's got the skill set to do it. Well, I I was talking to Matt about this, and Clemson has a tight end, Davis Allen. And he asked me, he's like, Dad, what kind of pro do you think he's going to be? I said, I think he's going to be a better pro than he was a college player because they'll use him the right way, right? And Clemson doesn't use the tight ends very much. He's not asked to do those kinds of things. But I think he's a George Kittle type, mm. right? It's 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 a hu- it's a totally different game. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it is a, a, a game, and we've seen that, you know, that, that – uh, versatility in the offense uh, for Walker last year to be the number one overall pick. That's what they liked was that he was asked to do different things at Georgia in, in his time there. And it's all, and, and from Georgia's perspective, it's based on the personnel that they have. So, you know, you get a player as talented as Nolan Smith, you have, you can ask him to do some of the, the hard work, if you will, the, the dirty work. And uh, that opens things up for everybody else, which overall makes your defense better, which is the priority in college, not, you know, to, well, this guy's going to be an edge rusher in the NFL, so we need to play him at edge rusher. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll take a look at the uh, college basketball. The NCAA tournament selection is coming up this weekend. Uh, had some conference tournaments going on this weekend already. We'll talk about that and a little college baseball as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. 11-15, Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. So, it's the time of year where I start watching college basketball for reals. Um, Unbelievable. And you had uh, – and, and the reason being is because you have conference tournaments going on right now that are one-bid leagues. Right. So it's basically the start of the NCAA tournament. Yep. Because it's winner go home. 
Unfortunately, I did not enjoy those games this weekend because Georgia Southern and Mercer got <laughs> taken to the woodshed. So um, their seasons are likely over. Uh, you've got uh, Georgia lost to South Carolina, so we know now they'll play LSU on Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Georgia Tech beat Boston College. They'll play FSU tomorrow at 2. The problem is, and Georgia Tech's been playing really well down the stretch, and uh, you know, there's all these articles, hey, they're thinking about making some noise. They're the hot team going in. you got to win five games in five days. They're, I mean, they're playing on Tuesday. It's not going to happen. They're not going to win a game Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's never happened in this conference. And, the re- and, and, here's, and the number one reason why is what's made them better is Josh Pastner shortening right. their rotation. You can't play seven guys five days in a row. You no, just can't. You'll run out of gas. You will absolutely run out of gas. And do, do you feel like this little run here at the end maybe has saved him? I don't know. I, like uh, You've got to be careful with stuff like that. I know. I know. Be, because the thing is, if you say, yeah, that saved him, and you're wrong. Then and you're set back for several more years. You, you, you set yourself back a whole year. I think – Well, in a, I mean, are you just delaying the inevitable to next year? Because if they have another crappy year next year – you're going to do it, right? Yeah. I guess I'll answer it this way. If if there are financial reasons that motivate you to not make a move, then yes, he's done enough down the stretch to, to save him. Because you can justify that. You can take look at what's happened at the end of the season and say, hey, he got it turned around and they're headed in the right direction to justify it. I think after seven years, it might be time to go in a different direction. Right. I do too. And I hate that because I wanted it to work. I thought it would work. Um. And it just hasn't worked. I, you know, one. You can't even say one good year because his first year they had a pretty good year, um, and they went deep into the NIT. Uh, you know, and and it felt like, hey, we we might have so they were twenty one and sixteen, they lost in the NIT championship game, and you go, okay, wait, mate, we might we might this might be the the thing, and then. They've lost at least 14 games in every season that he's been the head coach, except for that 2021 season. Yeah. And that was the COVID year, and uh, and that's the year that they had their great run. And as you've pointed out, that even that kind of came out of no- nowhere at the end of the season. Well, yeah, they were, they were 11 and 6 in the conference. I mean, they finished fourth in the conference. So, I mean, you know, but yeah, they got hot at the end. And um, yeah, it's. It's unfortunate. I mean, it really is. They're under 500 all total in seven years, um, and they're way under 500 uh, in in bas- in ACC play. Um, you know, and the thing about it is, do you feel like this program has improved from when he took over? No. Brian Gregory got five years. Now. He only had one winning seat, two winning seasons, and they were bad in the ACC. They they were eight and ten was their best ACC record. Um, but no, I don't feel like it's now. Josh has had two winning seasons uh, in the ACC and three overall, but they're they're under five hundred still. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not been a. It's and again, seven years is a a long time to to be mediocre. Right. Right. A very long time. And this program, let's be honest, they haven't been the same since they got rid of Paul Hewitt. I mean, and that's been over a decade ago. Yep, that's right. Um, what about Georgia? They've lost, what is it now, four or five in a row here down the stretch. Does that change how you feel about this season for them? I don't think so. Um, 
I really don't because it – I mean, some of the losses – losing to South Carolina is bad, right? South Carolina is not good. They're one of the worst P6 teams in, in college basketball. So you can't say, hey, that, that, was, a, that was a good quote-unquote good loss because you lost a good team. But some of those other, other teams they lost to are really good teams. Um, but, you know, the South Carolina one is tough for sure. Uh, you know, Florida's pretty good. Florida's okay. Missouri's pretty good. Arkansas's really good. Alabama's great. LSU's, they beat LSU. So they've lost one, two, three, four, five in a row, and South Carolina's a bad one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it changes, not my mind, because I knew what they were coming in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's one of those where it, it's not ending well, but overall – uh, they, they, it's definitely been an improved season for sure for the Bulldogs. They'll take on LSU Wednesday night at 9 o'clock, and again, they're in the same boat as the Yellow Jackets. You would have to win five games in five days. The SEC still plays their championship game on a Sunday, so that's why they start a day later. Uh, Georgia Tech plays Florida State tomorrow at 2 uh, in Greensboro. Um, and we have to say, we do have a team in the NCAA tournament this year. That's right. The Kennesaw State Owls that? beat Liberty to win the A-Sun Championship, so congrats to them. I'm looking forward to being able to, I don't know, you know, we'll know Sunday night, the, the times and all that, but at some point next Thursday or Friday, as the NCAA tournament gets started, we can watch a team from the state of Georgia play in the NCAA, which if you're driving through thinking, what in the world? Well, we don't get to do that very often. Their first the ever trip. To the NCAA tournament. How about that? How about that? And uh, Amir Abdil-Rahim, who had transferred to Kennesaw State from the Georgia team last year, is one of their leading players. So uh, he gets to experience a little postseason basketball. So good for him and the Kennesaw State Owls. Uh, Baseball from over the weekend. Georgia took two out of three from Georgia Tech. And uh, that's a big series win for the Bulldogs. Uh, The Yellow Jackets had come into that undefeated. And uh, I just want to say – to everybody involved with both schools to come together and make this a weekend series. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is so much more fun to watch. Yep. It is such it's a much more accurate uh glimpse into the rivalry because you don't have midweek starters. I mean, this is like this is real deal legit. Your best three pitchers going after each other and it's uh Watched most of the game yesterday afternoon from Cool Today or Cool Ray. I can't – yeah, Cool Ray is in Gwinnett and Cool Today is in North Park. So, yeah, watched most of the game from Cool Ray yesterday. And, and what a great venue. And they they had this camera shot. There was a, this young lady that lives, I guess, or rents one of the apartments in left field, and she was sitting out on the balcony watching the game. I mean, what a great spot if you don't have a house. You That's know? a cool little area over there. Yeah. They've got a top golf near there too. It's a, It's a cool spot for sure. Oh wow! Well, the last time I went, the Top Golf wasn't. They, they didn't have a Top Golf out there. How about that? Yeah, it's out there for sure. That's a that's a you know uh, our buddy Jay Adams used to live in that apartment complex. Did he really? That you're talking about? Yeah. That's a, I mean, look, if I had to, if I worked up there and you know was single, that that'd be my spot, man. And just get home from work, and when the stripers are in town, just sit out there in the summertime, watch a little baseball. Listen to the Braves on the radio. Yeah, have, yeah, absolutely. Have the Braves on the TV. How cool is that? What a life, man. That, that's that's living good right there for sure. Um, and then Georgia Southern took two out of three from Central Florida over the weekend. So, uh, well, it's kind of transitioning to the 
championship of, of college basketball and college baseball's off and running. And um, it had some great weather too. It had great weather. I know they had to delay the game on Friday night because there was some rain in Athens on Friday afternoon. Uh, but just good weather uh, here in the state of Georgia for that one. And it seems like the weather's always good in Orlando. So, it, I've got a friend who lives in Orlando, and he he concurs. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a good series win for Georgia Southern. UCF's a good team. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, Coach Hinnon's team is off to a really good start this year, and we know it's, you know, historically, traditionally, however you want to say it, even when the Eagles get off to a slow start, they usually figure it out, you know. And, and look, there's some expectations coming into this season as well. Um, well, especially yeah, after last year, for sure. Because yeah, they hosted a regional last year, and then you had, uh, you know, ranked in the top thirty-five by the one the publications that go that far out. So you know, and, and trying to follow up your your season with uh, from what you did last year, um, and and you've got some pitchers back that you expect to play really well. Um, so you know, the, 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 there's some expectation on that team that. You know, isn't maybe you don't usually have that, and they're handling it really, really, really well. So you're right; they're they're off to a really good start, and uh, you just you you love to see it. You love to see it, no doubt about it. And as we said, well, and, and I, unless I forget Noah Ledford, uh, all returning All American, that's kind of a big deal. Yes. Um. So yeah, there, there's some expectation expectation there in Statesboro. We're gonna take a break as we do. We'll open up the phone lines four seven eight six four six ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. Back with more in the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Welcome back into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here. Phone lines are open 478-646-ESPN. I was going to save this talk for a little bit later in the show, but since it's happened, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, there was a report out earlier that Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints were close on a deal and that a contract – Agreement could be reached by today, and sure enough, at about 11.15 or so, it went down. So now Derek Carr comes to the New Orleans Saints, and here we talked about this. If he did come to the South, um, it had to be very attractive for him because whether it was – now, I don't think the Falcons would have gone with Derek Carr, but whether it was the Saints, the Bucks, or the Panthers, and he had been rumored to the Panthers and the Saints in particular – he immediately becomes the best quarterback in the conference or the division rather. And the team he goes to immediately, I think becomes the favorite for the NFC South in 2023. I think so too. I think he's, look, I don't think he's a great quarterback. Um, he's pretty good. Um, and, but I think you're right. I think he does kind of, tilt like who's the favorite in the division to the Saints with him going to the Saints just because they had such weird quarterback play last year that he has to help right mm -hmm. he can't be worse than what they had last year. no oh no 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 not at all he's definitely definitely an upgrade I mean Jameis Winston got hurt uh and once you know once that happened Taysom Hill is not a quarterback Right? I mean, can we just say that? I, I know that – I mean, you can use him in packages. You can design some cute little plays. But that's not somebody you're going to run out there every Sunday to be the quarterback of your football team. 
So they definitely had a need. Obviously, Tampa Bay's need was when Tom Brady retired, we think. And then uh, the Panthers, I guess Sam Darnold would be their quarterback right now. So, and, yeah. and, you know, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. The the Falcons weren't going to go get Darren Carr or Derek Carr, but, I mean, you do have to give him the nod over a guy that's got four NFL starts under his belt. So, I mean, he's the best quarterback in the division. And as much as it pains me to say it, the best um, – the Saints are right now, I would on paper, I would say the favorite to win the South. Now, you've got a round of free agency and the draft to go, so that can change, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see uh, what, what happens with that uh, moving forward. Well, there was some talk he might go to the Panthers. If he goes to the Panthers, I think that makes the Panthers the favorite. I, you know, there was some talk he might go to the Bucks. If he goes to the Bucks, I think that makes the Bucks the favorite. So, uh, you know... W- we know how important quarterback is in this in this league. If you've got one, you're ahead of the game. Um, now they've got a really good defense and a pretty good quarterback, so they're I mean they're in good shape. But do they have some of the other stuff? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll I see. think the Falcons can improve their roster throughout the rest of free agency way more than the Saints can. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm. I can't wait to see the deep dive into how the Saints made this work under the salary cap. Right, because they're in salary cap hell too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and they just made it worse by bringing in Derek Carr. So, I'm sure his contract. I, I'm sure this the cap pit for this year would be very minimal. If he signed, let's say, I don't know. I, I'm just throwing out numbers. I don't know if he signed a two year, thirty five million dollar deal. I bet it's five million this year, thirty million it's, next it's year. It's four years, and I guarantee you, there's a big signing bonus. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, no. No doubt about it. Um, while we're at it, there's a couple of free agents out there that, one, uh, the Georgia fans that root for the Falcons are going to want Leonard Floyd. We know that. Uh, he's hit the market. The Rams let him go. Also, the Titans have released Bud Dupree. Now, I'll say this. Wow, two middle Georgia guys. Yeah. Now, I'll say this. Bud Dupree and Leonard Floyd are 30. Right. Before we get all excited, let's let's remember they're 30. Uh, if you could get them on a deal, either one, that would be great. I would prefer Bud Dupree over Leonard Floyd because he's about 30 pounds heavier. Uh, Floyd goes about 240. He's an outside linebacker. You've got Ibikiti. You've got the guy from Notre Dame whose name I can't pronounce. You've got Malone. You've got some guys you've been developing there. Bud Dupree can play on the end in a four-man front at 270. Leonard Floyd at 240, that's just not going to work. No, I, I mean, you've got enough money. Go get one of them or both of them, but they have to be good deals. Well, if you could get – I would take both on a good deal. On a good deal, but right. But I'm not – I don't think you throw a ton of cash no, at a 30-year-old. I don't either. That's just not smart. I, I 100% agree. I, I mean, look, I, I would – They they're both fine players. We've had them both on the show. We had Leonard on when he signed with Georgia. Hell, Bud came and sat in the studio with us and yeah. did the show. Oh, yeah. It'd be great for them both to be here with the Falcons. But they have to be smart it's gotta, deals. It's got to be smart deals. And and you know what? And this is so bad. This is so bad because uh, Bud Dupree, obviously, he was, like we said, he came in studio, sat in with us one day. It was awesome. We had a great time. I follow him on Twitter. He just tweeted four minutes ago, damn, found out on Twitter. How does that happen? That's right. That ain't right. I mean, That's how? not a that, well-run organization. That is so unprofessional. Un- That's a lack of class is what that is. I'm sorry. That is so bad. So bad. Oh you know, my gosh! I had a job one time that I applied for and I didn't I didn't get it and I found out when they hired the next person and no one ever told me. You know what Laura said, Daniel? You don't want to work for somebody like that anyway. That's a good and I'm point. like, you're damn right. He's <laughs> better off being somewhere else if that's how little they think of him. Yeah, 
Now, I think he since deleted the tweet. Because <laughs> I tried to click on it to read the comments, and it says that tweet has been deleted. It's still showing up on my screen, though. So, But that's... That's awful. If that, I mean, if that's true, that's that's just that's just awful. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's get to the phones now. Brian is in Warner Robins. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, Daniel, welcome. Missed you last week. Steve did a good job in your place, but it's good to have you back. Thanks, bud. Um, yes, sir. Um, quick comment about the NFL. Y'all were talking about Bryce Young and his size. You know, let's get to the point where quarterbacks aren't even going to be getting hit anymore. So, I think the only concern about Bryce Young's size is being able to see over the offensive line. Um, but uh, but then my real question um, about the Braves, I haven't been able to watch any of the spring training games or listen or anything like that, so I'm kind of out of the loop on what's going on with them. I know there's one dark horse pitcher that can make the team. Are there any uh, dark horse um infielders or outfielders that could uh, possibly make the team yeah hey hey we appreciate the call brian uh, dylan dodd is the uh the the dark horse pitcher if you will who is uh just absolutely killing it at spring training uh right now um he's out of elk grove illinois uh he was a third round pick a college guy and i, I don't think there were any real expectations for him um but uh, this past weekend, he went two and a third and struck out four. I mean, he could be the fifth starter. Um, as far as infielders, I don't think so. I, I I think from a positional standpoint, say for trying to figure out who your fourth outfielder is going to be, the Braves came into camp with everything pretty much set in stone as far as position players are They concerned. don't have a lot of questions. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, there are questions. Every team has questions going in, and then obviously you deal with injuries. But – I think they probably went into the spring going, okay, we know who our our eight are, right? We know who probably the next three or four are. But you're right, that fourth outfitter they probably don't know yet. Yeah. So that's probably the only spot. And and I mean, and if you were one, I don't know if I would say that this is a surprise per se because he's a veteran player, but Kevin Pilar is having a pretty good spring um, for the Braves. But again, that doesn't. It, it just it's it's spring training, you know. But it, it's good to see, uh, but the, because now you got competition out there, and I think they're just going to play Marcelo Zuna every day. It's almost like they're trying to make a decision on him right now. I don't know that that's the case, but yeah. he was. He, I mean, like typically, your regulars they're in the lineup for the home games. They don't really travel, you, you know. And he's been on the road roster, traveling and 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 getting at bats left and right. Which so. is un- you're right. That is unusual for sure. So I, I don't know if the Braves are trying to evaluate him and you know see if he can because really I mean if you think about it I don't think Marcelo Zuna is somebody you want to carry as um, an outfielder unless you know he can hit because you're not really going to get much out of him in the outfield right I don't think so Let's see this spring he's I mean hit. he's got to he has to hit yeah or he brings nothing to the team right. So his numbers so far in the spring, he's got 16 at bats. He's batting 250 with a 313 OBP. That's not bad, but the slugging's 563, and that's what you need out of that. That number, that number needs to be higher. Um, Kevin Pillar, the, the average um, is is at 200, but uh, he's got some extra base hits. He's, he's slugging over 800, so you're seeing the big. Big knocks with the bat there, but yeah. To, to answer your question, Brian, from a 
position player standpoint, not really. There, there's not a Dylan Dodd. We'll say it that way. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It, it, man, it, it, the, the Asuna thing, I just – you wish he just wasn't on the team, right? Well, I I mean, it just <laughs> – yeah. I mean, at this point, you wish you could just snap your fingers and he was gone. Because I just don't think he helps this team, especially if he doesn't hit. I mean, I, I, I just oh. – if he that's the thing, and I mean, and it's power too, specifically hitting for power. If he's not doing that, he's not really bringing anything to to the team at all. Right. So yeah, hopefully, you know that he's 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 hitting for average. He's getting on base, but well, two fifty isn't really hitting for average, I guess. But he the on base. Well, looks this good. year it is. <laughs> well, I don't know. They don't. We'll see how that changes. Yeah, they haven't uh, banned the uh, the shift yet. Uh, they've banned the shift, so maybe average will matter again. But anyway, that's what's going on down in spring training. We'll take a break. Four seven eight six four six ESPN is the number. Back with more right after this. Eleven forty five. Russ and Daniel back with you here on the midday sports zone. I'm hungry. Are you? I am. I'm hungry. Um, we went to uh, Glory Days yesterday, and I got the Philly cheesesteak. Incredible. I love a good Philly cheesesteak. I know you I know do. That. I thought about you. But you don't really you don't really get a Philly cheesesteak. I do get a Philly cheesesteak. No, steak. no. You I don't get, get onions and peppers. Bingo. It's still a Philly cheesesteak. No. You got to get the onions and the peppers. I ordered them in Philadelphia Yeah. without onions and peppers and didn't get any grief from them. But now you're going to give me grief but, but and you, tell me what is a Philly cheesesteak. Okay. Steak. But there's a big difference here. If you came to my food truck right now and said, I would like a Philly cheesesteak, no onions, no peppers. Here you are, sir. Enjoy. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just telling you, you're, you're so, missing out. You know, there's some places you can't do that, right? Because the stuff's all cooked together. Yeah, right. Right? Like, there's a there's a Mexican place that I really like their, uh, their, their chicken tacos in Albany. And... You can just, it's just chicken and like the melted cheese from the, you know, the cheese dip, the queso dip. It's the chicken and, and then they melt that, they pour that melted cheese on it. I have not been able to get it anywhere else. Hmm. But I've tried to get it somewhere else. Like it's shredded chicken and that melted cheese. And I yeah. said, well, I want that. And they're like, well, we can't because all the stuff's cooked together. Uh, you know, all the stuff yeah. that they put in there, you can't do that. Yeah. So there's some places you can't, like if I ordered a cheesesteak in some places, they said we can't do that because the cheese and the onions and the peppers are all cooked together. Yeah. Meat, so, huh? Well, like, man, I, I like last night. My wife made Mexican rice and refried beans with chicken, and 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 she served it as like a chicken breast with a side of rice and a side of beans. I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, cut up the chicken, <laughs> mixed it all together. Yeah, we had some leftover queso dip in the fridge. Boom! I love queso dip. Oh, it's so good. So good. Oh, man. Why am I talking about food if I'm hungry? That's not very smart. You should have eaten breakfast. I had some Frosted Flakes for breakfast. I had, I had some crackers. Did you? Yeah. And I, I mean, it was like just a mid-morning snack. I wouldn't call it breakfast. Oh, do Frosted Flakes count as breakfast? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. It's a cereal. Cereal is the breakfast food. Okay. Unlike a Pop-Tart, which is a pastry. I'm just this. making sure I've got to make clear my diet with you first. No, you can eat whatever you want to for the first middle of the day. I mean, you can have a steak if you want. I don't care. It's your, it's your, it's your diet. It's your, what you eat. <laughs> but a pop tart is a pastry. You want to eat a pastry for breakfast? <laughs> Just don't call it a breakfast food. Okay. All right. 
just don't call it a breakfast food. So the uh, should we talk about the Hawks? Sure. Yeah. I got I got all excited when they hired Quinn Schneider. And look, it's early. I know that he can't really you know, come in here and fix things overnight. Um, but you know they've lost two out of three since he took over as the head coach. Uh, lost to the Trailblazers, one twenty nine to one eleven, and then uh, to the Heat, one seventeen to one oh nine. They'll play at Miami uh, again tonight, which is weird to see that on the schedule back to back. Yeah, on the road. Yeah, it is weird. Well, it's not. It's not technically. It's not even back to back. It was Saturday night off on Sunday, and then again on Monday. Tonight. Yeah, it is a little weird. I wonder if they just stayed in Miami. I would think so. Hopefully, nobody got in trouble. Yeah, Miami's. <laughs> Miami's is is tough. For Have sure. you seen this deal with John Morant? Yeah. What's he thinking? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and if you haven't heard about this. Was it a TikTok video? It was a TikTok video with a gun. And well, and he, it's not just with a gun. I mean, he, like, flashes the gun. Right. Like, it's not like he's got a gun in his holster. Right. So, like, he's in a club, it looks like, and yeah. and he just flashes a gun. And there was a there was a report slash quote slash rumor last week from actually a reporter who used to work here at the Telegraph long before I got here um, that he beat up a teenager and flashed a gun in his face. Um, there was a report last month that they that he and somebody in his entourage drove by, uh, I can't remember what team it was, but drove by their team bus in the parking lot flashing a gun. So it's, it's bad. And Russ, I mean, he went to a small little private school. It's not like he's, and he's from a small town. It's not like he's this big city gangster or anything. I don't know where this is coming from, but this has got to stop. Well, I, I just want like, is this is this why he was at Murray State? I mean, was this was this an issue coming out of high school? I don't know. I mean, he, like I said, he went to a small private school. Um, there are a lot of people kind of saying he wants to be a fake gangster. So, if you own that team. I mean, again, how long? How many times have we talked about this? Are you about winning, or are you about putting on a show? And it, I mean, is John is John Moran about winning? I, I don't know. I mean, if he wants to be a fake gangster, I don't want anything to do with you. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I. I mean, it's it's definitely a turn because this. Uh, I mean, this type of behavior is not. It's kind of surprising. It's kind of come out of nowhere yeah. in the last two months. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, uh, thankfully no stories like that about the, uh, about the Atlanta Hawks or their overnight right. stay in, in Miami. And I say that not, I say that as somebody who, if, you know, you give me a, a, a day in South beach with nothing to do. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find trouble if you're not careful. I would, I would probably spend the day on the beach, probably do a lot of swimming and try to wear myself out so I could go to bed early. Yes. Be smart in Miami, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see how the Hawks do tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll have uh, a little bit of the game for you for our stations that are UGA sponsors. Of course, Bulldog Live starts tonight at 8.06. So that's what's coming up tonight on the Superstations. Love it. Love it, love it, love it.
Yeah. And we got conference tournaments coming up. This is a big week. I love conference tournament. Conference tournament week. I do too. Well, it's already started. I mean, I, I'll, I'll probably watch more college basketball this weekend and will watch more college basketball this week than I have uh, the entire season, really. Because, again, the, uh, the, the tournaments are now. Um, you've got McNeese State and Nichols in the second round of the Southland tournament. That starts at 6 o'clock. UNC Wilmington and Hofstra in the CAA semifinal. That's at 6 o'clock as well. Um, you've got South Owl in Louisiana in the Sun Belt Championship coming up that? at 7. How about that? Um, I mean, and, and the winner of that game goes to the uh, tournament. Right. Uh, Chattanooga and Furman in the SOCON. SOCON finals are tonight. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, these are basically NCAA tournament games because these are all out of one big bid leagues, and it just creates uh, great drama. Just fantastic. I, I love that SOCON tournament. I've been up there several times. It's one of my favorite events I've ever covered in my career. Um, you know, it's kind of sad that, that you know, Mercer got knocked out the other night. But, I mean, they just got whipped in the second half. Well, uh, yeah, that was that was rough. I was watching that game on Saturday around lunchtime. And, um, you know, they hung with Furman for a half. But – Came out in the second half, and the Paladins were pressing, and Mercer just didn't have an answer. There just didn't seem to be any adjustment to the pressure. They couldn't handle it. Uh, it was forcing turnovers and errant throws, and just uh, it was it was an ugly second half for the Mercer Bears. There was no doubt about it. Just all the way around. Yeah, it's been they've had they've struggled the last couple of years. Yeah, it's really, really, really kind of fallen off. Yep. Um, that program has. And and. Our guy, Bob Hoffman, his team's the number three seed in the Division Two National Tournament. Sweet. How about that? How about that? That is great. Well, I always uh, Bob Hoffman, when he was here as the head coach of the Mercer Bears, was always a first-class guy, you know, and, and, and just did a, a tremendous job and hated to see him go, and that Mercer program just hasn't been the same. Isn't it weird? Like, I had somebody asking me the other day, do people in Macon still care about Mercer basketball? And I just don't think they do. I, I mean – I mean, I I care. I mean, because it's like it's like I say we say all the time, like with all of our teams, like Kennesaw State. I'm excited to see them in the NCAA tournament. You know, obviously Georgia, Georgia Tech, we follow. I'm a Georgia Southern fan, uh, so definitely keep up with them. I mean, yeah, I I care about Mercer, but it just it's just not the same. We want them to win, but it doesn't feel like this town is invested. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. We'll take a break for the top of the hour. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Wherever you want to go in the world of sports, back with more right after this. It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Hour number two of the Midday Sports Zone. Russ and Daniel back with you here taking your phone calls at 478-646-ESPN. Wherever you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. Start this hour talking a little NFL mock drafts. Uh, they get really good after the combine. and really start to nail it down and get some information. and Things start to shift around a little bit. And you start to get a feel for how things are going to go. Mike Sando is with The Athletic, and he's got uh, the NFL Draft's top 10 picks, an article out. Um, basically, and this is really cool, 
Uh, he kind of spends the week at the combine in the hotel lobbies, restaurants, and just chatting it up with different scouts and execs just to kind of get a feel of where, you know, people are, are kind of thinking. Uh, he writes below three NFL general managers and top execs from other teams combined to talk through options for the first 10 teams in the draft order. All spoke on the condition of anonymity to offer candor for and for competitive reasons. As fun as the projections might be, the substantive point of this exercise lies in thinking through the dynamics at play. After all, the teams themselves do not yet know how they'll proceed in the draft. Um, and that being said, um, he's got the Bears taking Will Anderson, the edge out of Alabama with the number one overall pick. Um, he said that, you know, there's one exec said he thinks there's about a 75% chance the Bears try to trade out of this uh and with the performances the quarterbacks turned in uh throwing at the combine over the weekend i think it's probably even easier today than maybe it even was on friday oh. because richardson levis and stroud all showed up and showed out at the combine yeah, the bears the bears got some leverage this weekend didn't they that they yeah. that they probably didn't have going into the weekend yeah i yeah no doubt about it um he's got the houston texans taking bryce young out of alabama um. So you know, I, we talked about it. He's thought of as the best quarterback in the draft. They have the need. They're right there at number two. You know that need that they have is what's going to make it probably easy for Chicago to trade back. Um, and and we're going to circle back around to Chicago trading back here in just a second. Um, but you know, teams are going to try to get in front of the Houston Texans. Uh, to get the guy that they want. Number three, they've got the Cardinals taking Tyree Wilson, the defensive lineman out of Texas Tech. Obviously, he's been linked to the Falcons a lot, so we've talked about him a lot. And it uh, apparently he's probably not going to be there because it sounds like these NFL teams really like him. And and we we noted that six four when you find that six four two seventy five when you, Keon White is this guy too from from Georgia Tech. Like you're looking for edge rushers, but if you can add size to tack onto that, it just creates more versatility in what you can do defensively. It does. I mean, you know, we talk about size. I mean, how much you know, the NFL teams love size and speed, and and we talked about that earlier. But especially at that position, you need that size. Yeah. I mean, we've seen how that works with a 240 pound edge rusher, Vic Beasley. Right. Which I mean, he turned in a good year in 2016, but then just kind of faded. Uh, with the fourth pick, they've got the Colts taking C.J. Stroud. Again, he had a, a really good day thrown at the Combine. I think he's the best quarterback in the draft, to be honest with you. He's got he, – and, and you know the reason why. He's 6'3", he's got the mobility, but it's the accuracy. And then talked a lot about – I heard a lot of the guys at the Combine talking about when he showed up, the, the guy that showed up in the Peach Bowl against the University of Georgia, that scouts fell in love with him in that moment and asked the question, you know, where has that been all year? And he's talked about having conversations with Steve Young and talking about using your mobility as a last resort, which tells me that from a mental standpoint, this guy could be way ahead of these other quarterbacks. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I know that, look, when Steve Young started in, the, in pro football, he was like a wild Bronco, right? It was, it was running around. It was throwing the ball off the wrong foot. It was doing everything – uh, just b- because you were a better athlete. Steve Young's one of the best athletes who's ever played that position in the history of the league. But then he found out 
playing for Bill Walsh and you know and, and that scheme and then, and then Mike Shanahan, you have to stay in the pocket and be an accurate passer. You can't live as an athlete in the NFL at quarterback. You just can't. Yeah. You can't live off of that. No, you can't. And, and he, if somebody says that that they that they're learning that lesson, yeah, that's a great sign. I, I think so too. And and when C.J. Stroud talked about it, he mentioned longevity. Like he wants to have a long career in the National Football League. It's a great sign. And that is just to me the sound of a guy that's put together. Yep. And ready to well, be a franchise quarterback. Steve Young tried to get Michael Vick to do that. He tried, and Michael Vick even acknowledges it. Sure. Like Steve Young sat him down and, and was like, "Man, you can be an all-time great." If you'll just learn how to play in the pot, you don't you don't get away from your athleticism. You use it when you need to, but you have to be able to stay in the pocket. Yeah, uh, they've got Anthony Richardson going fifth to the Seahawks. As um, you know, they they might be in the market for a quarterback here. Um, Again, I, I, I mean he's. I mean, if they bring, if you're the Seattle Seahawks and you're going to do this, you have to bring Geno Smith back, right? Anthony Richardson's not ready. To start in the National Football League, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like he is. Um, I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I would not go into next season thinking Anthony Richardson's going to be my starter. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Right? If you are, you are. I, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it just uh, – I mean, I, again, we talked about it, the size, the athleticism, the arm strength. We we know all about that. Uh, but as far as being the replacement for Geno Smith if they moved on from him, I don't think he's ready to do that. Six, they've got the Lions taking Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Detroit – uh, <laughs> sorry, Oregon – the Will Levis of Kentucky going seventh to the Raiders. So, in theory, the replacement for uh, Derek Carr there. And and this all works out for the Falcons to be able to take Peter Skronsky, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. I think a lot of people would fall in love with that pick. We've talked about it. Don't know what the Falcons are going to do with Caleb McGarry, but Skronsky's, first of all, they say he's the most pro-ready offensive lineman, and his versatility just gives you a lot of options on how you can approach the offseason if you're the Atlanta Falcons. With that offensive line. I love it. I love it. I mean, he he showed his athleticism at the Combine. He had a good Combine. But he also had a good career. You know, he's not just a Combine monster. He played well for uh, um, Northwestern, right? Uh, against other Big Ten teams. And Northwestern is, is not a good team. Um, so, it's... I like that. I like that pick a lot. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would be, a, I think, a good fit for the Atlanta Falcons. They've got the Panthers taking Paris Johnson with the ninth pick, and the Eagles taking Devin Witherspoon with the tenth pick. He's the corner out of Illinois. The other thing about this, and again, this is a mock draft sort of for the first ten picks done by Mike Sando, and he compiles this after having conversations with uh, general managers and top execs. Uh, that are in Indianapolis for the combine. And the th- one thing that jumped out to me about this is Jalen Carter is not on this list. So that th- that tells me that, yeah, he's going to fall in this draft. Or at least that's the thinking in Indianapolis. Again, the draft is a long way away. There's, a, there's what, month and a half mm-hmm. till we get there. Some of this stuff could be resolved. But he's not on the top ten, right? That tells you something. Yeah. 
No. I mean, Mike's not just throwing. Look, I know Mike. Yeah. He's not just throwing that stuff up against the wall. These are things people are telling him. Right. So he, he might not be a top 10 pick by the time this all comes about. Yeah. And, and we said we talked about it last week. You know, this is new. Um, if the draft was this weekend, Jalen Carter probably would not have been drafted because of the uncertainty. Right. You get six weeks down the road, there can be more certainty. Definitely. Things get changed today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. This is just where we are as a snapshot right now. Yep. And there's a long, long way to go. I think it was, and it was even pointed out uh, in, in the write-up leading up to this is basically, you know, these guys don't have to draft today. So this is just kind of where they're at right now as coming out of the combine, who's hot and who's not. And so to, to kind of – I said we'd circle back to the Bears – you know, the thought with the the Bears is if you trade back, you know, you're going to get uh, more than likely it would be with Indianapolis with the fourth pick so the Colts could come up and get their guy. And then you're, and then as long as Houston took a quarterback, you would have either Carter or Anderson. That may have changed now, but with Tyree Wilson here projected as the number three overall pick to the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, do we have to start talking about Tyree Wilson as one of the top players potentially in this draft maybe because that's the highest i've seen them yeah maybe i mean I, look there's there's a lot of things can happen once the combine over it's over yesterday i mean kind of out of it the last few days so yeah. i wasn't sure totally understand um there's a lot can change between now and the last week of april yeah i mean all that could be totally different by by, by the time we get to the draft and Jalen Carter probably will be back in the top ten. I, th I mean, again, we we talked about it uh, last week. You know, it's it's that scale of talent to what did you do, right? And and the and the thing about the Jalen Carter thing, I don't even think it's the legal portion of it that's going to be his problem. It's going to be the leaving the scene, right? The which, decision making, which he right? wasn't. And just to rehash that, if you didn't hear last week, Jeff from Gray, who's worked in law enforcement for a long time pointing that out, he wasn't charged with leaving the scene of an accident. You can't be charged with that if you weren't involved in the accident. Right. He was not involved in the accident. Right. So that's a, he can't be charged with that. But it did it does show bad decision making. Right. You can we can talk about the legalities all we want. Right. He was only charged with two misdemeanors. Right. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Two misdemeanors will not cause him not to be in the top yeah. ten. But the decision these NFL teams will know exactly what happened that night. Yeah. Right. They're not going to be hoodwinked or not have any idea. They will know exactly what happened. Yep. They always do. Yep. They will find out. Yep. we got to take a break. we got one on hold. Hang in there with us. 478-646-ESPN. Back with more right after this. Welcome back into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley back with you here. Phone lines open at 478-646-ESPN. This is interesting stuff. Uh, Tate, uh, via the Twitter machine, uh, lets us know that um, – so Jeremy Fowler was on Darian Mel over the weekend, which, by the way, is the best show on ESPN radio. I don't know why it's just once a week on a Saturday, but those guys do a great job. And it's not even during – it's only this time of year. It's not during football season. Right. They don't have a show during football season. I think they do. Do they now? Yeah. They didn't used to. It used to I think just it's from be... like 10 to 12. Okay. It used well, to they be... used to try to put game day on the radio. They finally quit doing that. Oh, Because that they? just sounded, okay. sounded stupid. They used anyway. to just do his show like from January to August. Yeah. No, they're and on. And it was from... a way to showcase. Yeah, they're on from 10 to okay. 12. Now. Okay. Gotcha. Um, 
anyway, so that he was asked about the um, – they asked him to be more concerned about – let me back up. They asked him to be more specific about Jalen Carter's character concerns. Um, and Fowler wouldn't say exactly what, where, what the concern comes from, but it has something to do with the way he treats people in the building at UGA. And wow. then he said he didn't want to go into more detail, but that was – so, I mean, this is – it's not a pretty picture. Well, between Todd McShay, who we scoffed at, well, see, right? but, but, and then but, this. But then the Todd McShay thing was before the accident. Sure. So, right. it's, but now it's, and now you're hearing it again from Jeremy Fowler. So there, clearly, there's something to this. Right. We had not heard anything. Right. Um, I mean, all the stuff we had heard about Carter was really positive. He paid for teammates, you know, food. He gave out the book packs, backpacks to the kids in his hometown. Like, you know, there was a picture being painted of a really good guy. But now there's another, a different picture being painted, you know, leading up to the draft. And by the way, no, it's not a conspiracy theory. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's go to Ken incoming. What's up, man? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for taking my call because I guess I'm day to day these days. So I appreciate that very much. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you calling. <laughs> say I'm not. I've never been a big Stetson, you know, horn blower like Kirkland. God love him. <laughs> but I'll tell you guys, I, I was thoroughly impressed and. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard Dan Orlovsky on the Patrick show before y'all, but he truly believes that uh, Anthony Richardson should go in the top three. And I'm like, well, you know, okay. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you, um, I really thought Stetson just, you know, I mean, just did a wonderful job. Um, I don't know if you saw the video or not, but at the end of the quarterback competition, they have this really cute little thing where they throw, you know, these bombs down the sideline, and it's like over 50, 60 yards. He hit three of them in a row to three different wide receivers. Yeah. And, um, you know, listen, I, I'm not going to – and you guys know I'm a Georgia fan, so I don't want to make it sound like I'm blowing his horn, but thought he did a really good job. And if you're sitting there looking for a quarterback, I get it. He's 25, and, you know, that's what I keep going back to, Russ and mm-hmm. Daniel. And that's the problem. I mean, that really is the issue, but – um I'm, I, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm Kirby Smart, <laughs> I don't know how much my strength and conditioning coach is making, but he needs to make a lot more. <laughs> I'm you what. I, one other thing real quick on the combine. I don't know if you guys watch the tight end stuff. I guess I paid way too much attention this weekend. But when Darnell Washington got up there to the blocking sled, guys, it was like he was pushing around just, just like a, a, you know, a toy. Yeah. And these other tight ends, I don't know if you watched them or not, they were struggling. Yeah. Big time. You know? Yeah. So, to your point again, Russ, he would be awesome in the Falcons' offense. He really would. The blocking, pass-catching guy. Oh, Benny. my gosh. Hope you guys have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Be good. All Bye. right, Ken, thanks. Yeah, Dar- I mean, he's 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 a third tackle that can catch passes. I mean, in the 40-time he put. Now, he was a little bit lighter. Uh, it's, he, I think he weighed at 265. And I'd seen 280 at some places, but still. I mean, 265 doing what he's doing yeah. is ridiculous. No, it is. No, it's still it, – it is. It's still ridiculous. Did you see that one-handed catch? I mean, my God. Yeah. Come no, on, man. Yeah. No, I, again, I wish – I don't I'm not, I don't wish for the Falcons to draft a tight end. I want the Falcons to draft Darnell Washington. Draft him and put him at defensive end and let him rush the quarterback. <laughs> he could probably do that too. <laughs> uh, and if you didn't see the Stetson Bennett's deal, he, he met – for those of, that, that wondered if he was – you know, they, they, he was getting knocked for his height – and it's like, well, he stands next to Bryce Young. He's taller than Bryce Young. Yeah, he measured 5'11". 
So he's almost a full inch taller than Bryce Young. But 5'11", 192, ran a 4.67 in the 40, which is pretty good. 33 and a half inch vertical, uh, ver- vertical. I cannot talk today. Nine foot ten broad jump, and his uh, 20 yard shuttle was 4.2 seconds. That was the best of any quarterback. So um, yeah, he had a really good day at, uh, at the combine and, and turned some heads. But it's like Ken said, he's it's he's 25 years old. That's the tricky part. Right. Well, is it is it as much a tricky part now when guys are playing into their Late thirties and forties. Yeah, because well, I mean, I mean, let's say you draft him now. Oh my God, he's twenty five. Well, if he plays until he's forty, that's fifteen years. Yeah, but if Anthony Richardson plays till he's forty, that's twenty years. I mean, it's five more years. Well, I mean, it's relative to the guys you're in the draft with. I don't care how old he is. I mean, would you- I, I don't care. I don't. I wouldn't give two thoughts about how care how old he is. I really wouldn't. I, I don't. I mean, if you get a good decade out of a out of an NFL quarterback. I mean, I I can live with that. Do you think he could be a starter in the NFL? I do. Are there thir- are there thirty two guys in the NFL right now you would take over him? I would have really have to sit down and go through it. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, I don't I, think there are. Yeah, I mean, because I, well, it it's the same thing. It's the same thing with Bryce Young. The the thing about those two that I wonder about with the, their game translating to the next level, you're not going to be able to stand eight yards behind your line of scrimmage and have five seconds to decide where to throw, throw the football. Sure. Sure, and look, and, and that, that's a big transition. And he did have everything in the world you could ask for, but you—I'll t- tell you. Right, I mean, there's a ranking here. Uh, Pro Football Network has a ranking of all the starting quarterbacks. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, here it is. It's a, it's a, it's a two four seven ranking. But these are just the names. They, we'll go by their rankings. You tell me that these were the quarterbacks who started last year, okay, started the season. Tell me if you wouldn't take him over one of some of these guys. Zach Wilson? That's just that's hard. It's just yeah. too hard to say because I've never I've seen Zach Wilson play in the NFL. I haven't seen that's Stetson true. Bennett play true. in the NFL. It's a higher level of football. It's it it, it, it is, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. But I would take him over probably or or at least give him a shot. Over Zach Wilson, oh, or Davis yeah. Mills, or Taylor Heineke, or I, I mean Mac Jones. I would take him in a second over Mac Jones. Really? I don't trust Mac Jones. Yeah. Well, um, what is it about Mac Jones that you don't trust? Is it because of he's struggling at the next level? And hasn't Heineke won a playoff game? He did win a playoff game. Yeah. But what about Sam Darnold? I mean, come on. I mean, I would bring him in in a competition with those guys. But, again, I have not seen him right, play at the right. NFL no, level. Fair. It's that a total unknown. Absolutely fair. But the, the idea that he is there's no chance for him to be a starter in the NFL is insane. No, I wouldn't say I'm there's no chance. Oh, yeah. But there are some people. Oh, and look, Stetson Bennett's the last guy I'm going to doubt. I, t- I, I saw people like, oh, my God, what is he? how great he's doing at the Combine. Oh, my God. Are you really surprised? No. I wouldn't be surprised by anything this guy does. <laughs> not at all. I no. mean, haven't we lived through it enough in this state to know not to doubt him? Right. I would have been surprised if he went out there and, and completely laid an egg. Well, and... But, but do you think they just don't view his athleticism, think of him exactly. as an athletic, athletic exactly. quarterback? Let me finish the question. Yeah. Do you think that they don't think he's an athletic quarterback because he's white? I think a lot of people do. Is that I, what it, I absolutely think that? I mean, the, he's as good an athlete as Bryce Young is. Yeah, 
He's as good an athlete as, as C.J. Stroud My, is. Did you see – I mean, we saw it. Some of the fakes that he had during the yeah. season were guys – they looked like they were basketball players getting their ankles broken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a phenomenal athlete. But, again, th- th- that, does that translate to the next level? Well, and he's got to get in the right the last short athletic, and everything. Right. The last short athletic quarterback that was in the National Football League that ran in, four, in the four sixes, the athleticism didn't translate to the next level was Johnny Manziel. And we've got some off the field. I'm not saying his off the field stuff sure. to the level of Johnny Manziel's, but there's some off the field stuff there too. But you don't. Th- you I mean, have to be honest about all of sure. this stuff. Do you think he can be Brock Purdy if he got in the right system? Brock Purdy got I, in the I, exact I, perfect right system. I don't know. I just it's and a, Brock Purdy's not close to being the athlete. No, he's not. But that's just an impossible question to answer. Yeah. But but the 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 thought. That oh my God, Stetson Bennett is going to go hold a clipboard his whole career, and he's no. never going to oh, be a no, starter. No, I wouldn't say that, or he's not going to make it in the league. It's ludicrous. No, I think he definitely gets the opportunity. Uh, uh, there's no I doubt do about that. I mean, and and for the names you're naming, if I I mean if I drafted him and those guys were on my team, it would be a competition, hundred percent, a straight. But I but I can't sit here and say that he would start over this guy or that. Is guy your or biggest the other concern guy. his age, or is it just it's, it's just the unknown of the NFL? I want to know why you're out drinking until 6 in the morning when you're supposed to get ready for a combine at 25 years old. Yeah. That's what I want to know. Because I, I, you know what I don't want my quarterback doing on a Saturday night before a game? Get, going out and getting drunk. And I'm not well, saying – Anthony Richardson can't go out and get drunk. See, <laughs> it's not fair. I mean, I don't mind I don't mind you going up, blowing off steam and having a good time, but there's a responsibility right. about it. He didn't break any laws. Right. He didn't break any rules. But the, you're right. Are you a professional? Yeah. Are you about – being a player and a winner, and 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 do you want this? Yeah. Or you just want to live off what you did at Georgia, and that's fine. Uh, you, you, if that's what you want, I'm you, not drafting you. And you can do that. Right. But that's that's the thing. I mean, are you going to leave the facility on Monday night when you have the day off on Tuesday and blow off steam? Are you blowing off steam seven nights a week? Are you gonna? I, are Are you gonna work? Yeah. That, that's a, that's what we want, guys that want to work yep. and want to win. Yep. We got to take a break. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. We got one on hold hanging there with us. Back with more right after this. 1231, Russ and Daniel back with you here. 478-646-ESPN is the number. Back at the phones we go. Joe is in Macon. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Fellas, how you doing today? Good. What's on your mind? Yeah, now we're just talking about Stetson, and you were going down the list, um, Daniel, of the uh, teams that he would be better than their quarterback right now. Look at Zach Wilson. You mentioned him a couple times. I mean that's a quarterback of two different, um, you know, two different tales. Uh, the news conference when he was asked if he let the defense down, you guys remember that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. And he was just like, no, no, that was it. I mean that the perception and they couldn't bench him and quick enough, you know. And I think that Stetson has got two major black eyes. He's got the parade and all that. He's still he's still doubling down, saying that he wasn't being rude and. It was about him and his, his boys going to the stadium, listening to music. You know, uh, the whole thing with, um, you know, getting, getting um, you know, drunk down in Dallas and stuff like that. He just doesn't come across as like a, a kind of a, a person you want to build your team around, you know, as a team leader. So um, I think he have a real tough time. Yeah. Hey, hey Joe, appreciate the Thanks, phone Joe. call. Uh, that, but see, and that's where the, that's where the 25 stuff come, comes back around for me. Because we're not talking about a college-age person. We're talking about a 25-year-old. 
Well, I did a lot of stupid stuff at 25. <laughs> but I bet you were a lot more self-aware than you were at 21. Oh, sure. No doubt. And if and if I – he showed bad judgment, right? Yeah. If that's what this is, bad judgment in one incident, then I can I can let it pass. Yeah. I think the, the parade stuff is overblown. I, did, I, I agree with you on that. I think the parade stuff is overblown. Well, and I'll tell you what he said at the combine that I really liked was he said it was more important as far as the off-field judgment was concerned. It was more important to him to get that cleaned up for his family than anything else. And I'm like, okay, right. I, yeah. Because you know what? You're not always going to be a football player, but though you're always going to be in your family. Right, 100%. I, I, look, I, I think if, there, if there's a pattern of stuff, I don't think he's been a bad teammate. Doesn't sound like. Um, it doesn't sound like he's been uncoachable. Any of that stuff that actually affects the team. If he showed bad judgment that one night and went out and got blasted and that was a that was a one time thing, then I can I can move past that. Even at twenty five. Mm-hmm. But if that's a if that's a uh uh continues to happen, then yeah, you you really have to look at it. Um the Zach Wilson thing, I think Zach Wilson's a bad teammate. I I, I mean he's not taking any ownership of his any responsibility of his own bad play. And I don't think we've ever seen that from Stetson. You know, when he's when things haven't worked, he's gone and made them work somewhere else. And then come back and made them work at Georgia. So again, I, I we don't know what he will be in the NFL. None nobody knows. You can you can get all these experts and they can say everything they want to say. None none of them know for they can guess. Yeah. But nobody knows 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have an idea. I mean, if Anthony Richardson goes out and becomes Josh Wilson, I mean, uh, um, Josh Wilson, Josh, Josh Allen, there are going to be people who say, see, told you. But if he goes out and, and, is, and is not that, mm-hmm. they're going to be CP, people say, see, told you. Yeah. Nobody knows 100%. Right. Well, the, the, look, the Richardson stuff is simple. I mean, it, it, if I'm a team that's interested in drafting Anthony Richardson, what I'm telling my guys is if we hit on this, we're set for a decade we're, at least. We're good. If we miss on this, there's a rookie salary cap. We'll just move on in two years. But you, I mean, so that's, so they're always going to take that risk. If, if, if you did not have – I'm going to go out on a boat here. I go out on a limb or a boat. Or I'm going to take a boat out on a limb. But I'm going to go well, out on a limb here. you can hang out on a limb and jump onto the boat. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, if there was not a rookie salary cap, oh. there's no way Anthony Richardson goes in the first round. No doubt. Because nobody's going to make that kind of investment in him. No doubt. Because he's not a sure thing. That risk-reward scale for these quarterbacks has completely been upended ever since the Sam Bradford situation. Well, the Sam Bradford thing sank the Rams for a long time. Right. Now, if you miss, it doesn't – you can move on in two or right. three years, you and can. it doesn't hurt you. Right. So that potential – that a, a draft – and that's the other thing, too. A draft is always about potential. Like, it's, it's not drafting players on where they're at today. It's drafting players on where you think they're going to be in five years, in 10 years, in 15 and years. And Anthony Richardson is a, is a potential pick. There's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Because so. if, if you say, is Anthony Richardson one of the five best players in this draft? No. Is he one of the five best potential players five years down the road in this draft? Yes. Is he one of the five best talents? Yes. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He's one of the – I mean, he's the best athlete in the whole draft. 
at quarterback. That's scary. If it works, if it works, you know, I you know I saw some the they the NFL tweeted out his his uh, his high jump, right, or whatever they do they call it the high jump when they reach up and and hit oh no vertical vertical somebody they tweeted out his vertical, and Stuart Mandel for us tweeted out how does this help him read defenses? <laughs> <laughs> he can jump over the line. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about him not seeing over the line, I guess. But it but the point the points are both valid. It, absolutely, right? you see that athleticism, you go, oh my god. And then you go, oh yeah, but remember the way he played in college, and he can't read defenses, right? But he's a he's a piece of clay, right? Well, and, the, and if the NFL coach can mold him and to show him, teach him how to read defenses, right? You can't teach him how to jump like that, right? Exactly. That's it. That you cannot teach the athleticism. You know, and the reading defenses thing is just a work in progress. He's only started thirteen games, so he's still learning how to do that. And again, like we were saying with Stetson, it's a complete and total unknown. Has he, has he plateaued in that department? If he has, this ain't going to work. Right. If there's, if there's still room to grow, then he's going to be fine. But you also, you know, you mentioned the age thing. And again, it's, it, it's each guy's different, right? But why was Brock Purdy ready when his name was called for the 49ers? Well, he had played so much football, mm-hmm. right? If he was a guy that was Anthony Richardson, would Anthony Richardson be ready if he, if he goes somewhere and the starting quarterback gets hurt? And they got a call on him in week two. You, you, That's you, dangerous. You're going to be in some trouble. He's played very little football. Yeah. It's clear that he struggles reading defenses. Clear. Watch him play. I, and I, and you I, have to remember, too, that's 13 starts for two different styles of offense. Exactly. I mean, he's way behind the he's eight ball when it comes behind. to experience. Now, three, now, he's the perfect guy to, to draft and let him sit behind a guy for two years. Perfect. But, boy, you draft that guy number one and you make him sit for two years, your fan base is going to want him to play now. Especially if you're not winning. Right. Yeah. And then you throw him into and, – and you make him wor- you make him worse. And you put all that on him. That's a lot for man- for a young kid to, to handle. But Stetson Bennett, on the other hand, he's played a lot of football. And he pro- you probably could teach him the system very quickly. But that doesn't mean he's going to – that doesn't mean he's going to, A, do the work. Or B, be ready. It's it's. There's so many unknowns, and you can't. These people who say that they know absolutely one way or another where a prospect is going to work out in the NFL, they're full of them. <laughs> oh no! I mean, have we not I, learned that lesson? No, I it, thought that way when I was young. And then uh, you sure. watch football for a couple of years, and you go, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Yeah, anything can work. And right. anything cannot work. Yeah, no, it's you're, you're, it's it's a, it's a draft on potential, and he's got a lot of it. That's for sure. We've got to take a break. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. If you want to call, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Twitter is having issues, so for our guys that tweet at us, I guess keep trying. If you're not getting Twitter's Twitter, broke, I, I mean it's <laughs> just, it's finally dead. I think it just crashes. <laughs> they got the crash cart out. They're working on it. So, <laughs> this happens like once a week, <laughs> doesn't it? We'll take a break. Back with more right after this. Twelve forty-four. Russ and Daniel back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. I didn't know it was going to be Stetson Bennett Day on the show today. I like it. I like that's why I say anywhere in the world of sports you want to go. And Ken took us there. He did. Ken always kind of takes us off track. He does. Well, this is this is on track. 
He needs to be a producer. He does. He'd be really good at it. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's go to Pat in Savannah. What's up, Pat? How you doing? Hey guys. Um, first off, welcome to Savannah. Yeah, thank you, man. A few a few months now, and it took me a minute to find you. Find you. I really enjoy you two guys. Okay. Awesome. Well, tell so all your friends I, about us. I w- w- I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thanks, bud. Um, now, uh, forgive me, Russ. Are you the Clemson fan? No, that's Daniel. Yes, he's a Clemson. No, I'm. He's Georgia, a Clemson. I'm a Georgia Clemson. Southern guy. Daniel's a Clemson. Okay, fan. My, my bad, <laughs> Daniel. Yes. Uh, first, I, first of all, let's talk Clemson, and then we'll talk quickly about Stetson. Uh, Daniel, I, I'm really concerned about Clemson this year. Uh, you know, come August, well, tell me you've got some inside inside information, some secret message you got sent that says no, we'll be fine because between. The SEC getting so much bigger, the, the Big Ten getting so much bigger, and and then the NIL stuff is just we we just seem to be slowly sliding behind the eight ball here. And it's, Are you a Clem- you're, so you're a Clemson fan? Oh yeah. Okay, I my son works for the football team um, as a student manager. He's going to graduate in December. I don't have any inside information, right? But I think they're going to be fine. I I mean I think they're going to be fine as long as Dabo's the head coach. And now, what does that mean this year? I don't know. I mean, I, I do think Clemson and Florida State will play each other in the ACC championship game. Um, I like the, the new offense, and I think you're going to like the new offense. I still have some concerns about the defense. Um, and I think, you know, if you make the offense coordinator change, you know, the, the defense took a big step back last year, so I'm not a fan of that. But I think they're going to be fine. Um and I think they'll be right back in the mix to be in the playoff. Look, if they win one more game last year, they're in the playoff. You know, if they don't lose to South Carolina, they're in the playoff. So even with the issues that they have. So I think they'll be in the mix to be in the playoff. And then when it goes to 12 teams, they'll be in the mix every year. I don't I don't have any doubt about that. I saw the Carolina game. I was at the stadium, and I could not believe. I was like, what am I watching? But anyway, I, yeah, I was there, and you watch the defense just fall apart, and you watch the offense struggle, and you watch them not give the ball to their best players on offense. That's a mistake. I do think that that Garrett Riley will get the ball to the best players on offense, and I, you know, I think they're going to bounce. I mean, it's it's hard to say they bounce back from an eleven to win season when you won the ACC, but I do think they'll be right back in the hunt to be in the playoff this year. Okay. Because I like I like uh, the offensive hire, I, I think the the coordinate Dabo saw. Like and we'll we'll end it here. If if they stuck with what they were doing last year, I would agree with you, right? But Dabo saw they needed to make a change, and he made a change. Yeah. Do you remember the days? In, and this is kind of for both of you. You remember the days when you could have a program and a coach, and they would say this all the time on Monday Night Football. You know, he's the kind of coach that can beat you with his. And then he can take yours and beat you with yours. Right. Remember that philosophy? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Is that is that what we're thinking? If if we can get past the whole nil deal thing, I, I want these guys to get paid. It's it's just a little crazy right now. But do it, I mean, can can Eclipse and keep up with a you know now super powerful Georgia and Alabama? I just it, it, I'm I'm really confused because it used to be more involved on the coaching side than necessarily the players. You know, a coach could get a whole lot out of some really good players if he could form a team. Yeah. And I, I just wonder if those days are gone. 
Hey, hey, Pat, we appreciate Thanks, the Pat. phone call. Appreciate I actually, call. I'm, I, I see it from a different angle. The, the answer to your question is yes, but it's not because of powerful Georgia and Alabama. It's because other schools like Oregon or Miami, I think Nebraska could be a player in this, have a chance. Like, in other words, the top talent's going to get spread out a little bit more. Yep. And I think with the 12-team playoff, you'll see that too. Yeah. And and look and and here's this is a this is a theory that I have. It's not set in stone, but I've always believed that there are certain schools the NCAA would make examples out of. But now that everybody can do it, that's not the case anymore. So I think it's going to actually make it. They, they always told us the rich would get richer. I don't believe that. I don't. It depends. Well, I'll say it this way: it depends on what your definition of rich is. Is your definition of rich historical powers? Or is your definition of rich, rich, <laughs> right? Right. So, like, Texas, while they haven't been, you know, in a national championship kind of setting for the last decade, it's going to be a little bit easier for them to get back to it. But that's going to take players away from somebody else. Well, and we always – look, at the NFL, the most money doesn't mean you're always going to win. Exactly. It just gives you a better chance. Gives you a better chance. Gives I, you more – gives you more yeah. – Margin of error. Yeah, let's. We got we got some calls to run through uh, pretty quick here before we wrap up. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Mark and Forsyth. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Hey guys. Um, I actually haven't been able to listen this morning. I was on the road again, um, just tied up on phone calls. But that's all right. What's up? What's on um, your mind? I just wondered if you guys saw the bomb that Stetson launched on Saturday. That ball had to travel close to seventy yards yeah. in the air. Oh yeah, no, he did. Stetson had a had a really he did exactly what he needed to do. He went in, he addressed the situation and what happened in Dallas, and then he put on a show uh, in, in the in the uh, athletic portion of it. He did exactly what he needed to do this weekend. Four seven eight six four six ESPN Kirkland and Macon. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? How you guys doing there? Real quick. Hey, Daniel, tell Pat, you have nothing to worry about this year. Clemson is going to be great. And I'll say it because you guys are pretty objective. Y'all don't want to say stuff. Hey, the quarterback was horrible. That's why they lost. That's why it wasn't in the playoffs. Pat, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Kirk. That's Appreciate the, the phone call. <laughs> so it was all DJ's fault. It was D, no, it wasn't DJ's fault. It was it was a complete offensive effort. Let's just say that. Well, I will I will say this: the the response by Dabo Sweeney uh, to to his coordinator situation tells me all I need to know. Yep, um, I agree. 100%. He, he, and and as far as the finances and keeping up with the the Big Ten and the SEC, they've got three years. They meaning the ACC or member institutions, if they want to go do their own thing. They've got three years to figure it out before it gets really, yep. really out of hand. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Robert in Warner Robins. Hey, Robert, how you doing? Good guys, how are y'all? Great. All right, let's not talk about the team that lost to the Gamecocks, but uh, let's go to the real uh, question for Russ: uh, Is Cody Rhodes going to beat Roman Reigns for the oh. championship at WrestleMania? God, I hope so, Robert. I hope so, man. Did you see? Did you see their promo on SmackDown Friday night? I did. It was really good. It was, man. I think I like it. I can't wait, man. I, I, I just the build up to it is going to be incredible. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I think a lot of wrestling fans are sick and tired of Roman Reigns. When is that? It's coming up in April. Okay. You're welcome, Daniel. <laughs> hey, Robert. We appreciate Thanks, the phone Rob. call. Appreciate it. Yeah, they did a promo. They, they it, it, it was their first face to face meeting to kind of build up their match on Friday night, and it was incredible. I mean, just absolutely, positively incredible. It's great. Anytime you can work in the dream. And they're both good wrestlers, right? I mean, they're not just 
names. I mean, they can really, really wrestle. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cody Rhodes, definitely. But I, I think – I mean, I don't know what, like, a, a technical, like, in-the-weeds person would say. I, Roman can do enough to be entertaining. It, it doesn't feel like he's stiff. Right. You know, and, you know, people always talk about how Hulk Hogan wasn't the greatest wrestler. I've seen video of him in New Japan doing step-up in Seguri's. He, he did what he had to do. Some guys don't have I to have be great. I have no idea what you just said. A step up in Seguri? Yeah. That's like if like if I go to kick you and you catch my foot and I'm standing on one leg and I jump up and kick you in the head with the other leg. I thought you were saying Ken Segura was coming on the show tomorrow. I don't know what you <laughs> <laughs> You said a step up. Why does Ken Segura need to step up? What, what did he do no, wrong? <laughs> Ken's doing just fine and has been for many years. Oh, that's too funny. I always, always entertain the rest Twitter's of Twitter's working again. Good. I'm glad they got it figured out. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this. It's it, It's been glitchy, but it's never been like a day. You know, we haven't lost it for a day. It's just, you know, it goes on life support there for a little while. By the way, I wanted to mention this before we got out of here because it's, it's that time of year where people are going to start getting excited about different possibilities, especially because the Falcons have money. Derrick Henry, they're, they're, the Titans are shopping Derrick Henry. No. He's 28 years old. He just had, you know, his numbers. If you look at his numbers, he's on the he's on the downhill slide. The life of these guys is not long. This the quarter, running backs do not stay at the top of the game for more than two or three years. It, it look, think Ezekiel Elliott. It's it's on the downhill slide. Would with you Derek take him Henry. on a cheap deal? No, he's uh, he's being traded. Oh, yeah. So no, I mean on no, a cheap deal. No, I don't want to yes. give up anything to get him. Yeah, right. It, You're it's right. It's like Leonard Floyd and Bud Dupree are out there. We touched on them for the right price for the Falcons. Yeah, but don't make a big investment in thirty-year-old players. Uh, we we got to know better than that. We're out of time. Man, this show flew by. Thanks for yeah. listening. Appreciate all the phone calls. We'll do it again tomorrow. Y'all have a good one.